This episode of Dad is Not a Now is sponsored by The Real Dads Week 2021. Honoring Black fatherhood worldwide, sharing honor, sharing love, celebrating real dads. Starting June 5th to June 12th, organized by the Rural Dads Network. Amazing week aimed at acknowledging and recognizing fathers and father figures who are extraordinary role models and play such a vital role in the success of children. The Rural Dad Network is the only organization in the country that celebrates fathers for a whole week. They started with Black Father Week in 2008, but moved to Real Dads Week to be more inclusive, but their focus is still Black fathers. During these 10 years, they have given over 250 awards to fathers. They have been blessed to collaborate with many fatherhood organizations, community organizations, churches, politicians, and many individuals who fight every day to uplift fathers. To register for Real Dads Week 2021, the link in the description below. So for you, yeah, yeah. There whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here but that or I'm behind you But always got you, end of discussion, nothing means more First wanna offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a partake Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded Prepare you for all of the above that I'm never letting get near you But still in all, give you every advantage I found Couldn't find a better fit for them, along with my crown And since the baton was passed, I've been down Cause failing's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all My message to any dad, man, first off, know that yeah, it, it is a hard job But it's the greatest job in the world I wouldn't trade it for anything, I wouldn't change anything about it Everything you're doing from here on out if it didn't have purpose before, now it has purpose. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. Who is being a supporter of bringing about justice, the importance of having values that can be respected not only by himself in Amari's case, but also people abroad. But more importantly, Amari is going to be a film that illustrates this particular superhero exemplifying the fact that he truly loves black people uh, as well as people across the globe. So that's pretty much one of the things uh, that we're going to definitely be focused on in this particular feature. The Amariverse is the name of my universe. Of course, my company is Amari Entertainment, uh, if I didn't mention that before. I have a plethora of superheroes. All of them are black leads. Why? Because the world has had its uh, history of white superheroes like Superman, Batman, and so forth. Well, for me, I wanted to create a universe where the focus is on black superheroes, their journey, their trials and tribulations, and what actually brings them to a point where they understand that they have powers that they want to utilize to make the world a better place. So there's Omari. Purge is one of my flagship characters. I also work with a team of other creators that um, we formed the Astounding Adventures animated series that we're working on as well, simultaneously while I'm working on the Amari uh, animated feature. 
So again, there's Omari, there's Purge, there's Eresto, uh, there's Random Five. There's also Dynamo Azan, which is a huge Egyptian mech piloted by a young black genius uh, of a young man that uh, basically travels the globe um, dispensing justice and protecting the earth. So you'll find that within the Amari universe, there's so much fantasy, so much Afrofuturism. Uh, we are not also, we are not, um, how can I put it? Uh, we are not just um, relegated to defending earth. We travel and defend the universe, galaxies. So there's so many stories that are yet to be told within the Amaraverse. And Amari is just one of those stories. So we're excited to have that as one of the launching mechanisms to uh, introduce people all across the globe to the Amaraverse and all of the cast of characters that I've created over my past 20 plus years of being in the business. Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Ishmael from Dad Is Not A Now. Happy December 21st, Black people. What's your superpower? My superpower is I like to talk to people. I don't know if that's a superpower. I don't care, but it's a superpower to me. And I'm excited because I have this super awesome, extraordinary superhero in himself. I have no other than Melvin Graham. He is the film editor and the producer with his own production company, Render Squad Intersuite LLC. He partnered up with another superhero by the name of Rob, uh, sorry, Roosevelt Pitt Jr. And they created this superhero called Omarion. It's an animated series about a black superhero. And I'm excited to hear about it. I got Melvin with me. Melvin, brother, thank you for coming on. But my first question to you, King, what is your superpower? Did, when you woke up this morning, what superpower did you you have when you woke up this morning? Well, brother, thank you for having me on. And to, and to answer your question, um, I felt more creative this morning. So maybe, you know, maybe I'm, uh, should I say, morphing into a more creative type person. You know, I, I like to consider myself an artist. So the, uh, the power of vision, the power of, of having intellectual thought, I like to think that's my superpower. <laughs> Definitely. And protect that intellectual property, brother. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but tell me, what got you into, um, into production? Well, for me, it started a long time ago. Uh, having an imaginative mind as a child, uh, looking at uh seeing great movies i guess in my case i look at 89 batman with michael keaton and uh, and uh jack nicholson the joker and i look at some of these uh uh characters and how the films were put together with sort of uh lit that fire of excitement in terms of entertainment i look at all those films like like that and um and a few others um if i can name one new jack city uh boys in the hood you know i love black cinema so between all of that, they gave me, uh, shall I say, the, the creative space uh, to want to be in film, uh, to be exact. And also along the way, um, going into high school and being a journalist and back then as well, and uh, being able to write for a paper and, uh, and just spill my thoughts on paper, you know, it, it just, all of it sort of uh, comes together when it comes to media and film production. So that so I, I would say it started as a kid, and then 
eventually, as I got older, I, I guess wanted to pursue it even more. And the thing about the reason why I created that is not an out. It's just change the narrative and right. the importance of storytelling. Why is it that as a black man, why is it important to tell your narrative? Well, because in not and well, not play in America, um, it's like no other. You know, we can take what's going on right now, or we can take what's been going on for the last 400 years. You know, our lives are, are filled with stories. I don't like, I, I, I could say, you know, our lives are full of drama, but I, I don't think people gonna, will understand what I mean per se. I don't mean that as in, a in a negative connotation, but in terms of uh, the obstacles, in terms of uh, what we have to persevere through you know what I mean? Just being black men in America or being black in America per se, it's, you know, that journey alone is worthy of a story. It's, it's story worthy. So it's so being a, a black a person that's black and being able to uh express creative thought is is really a gift. And I can't and I, I can't uh really call anything else but that. It's a real gift because not everyone could um can speak from my standpoint, speak to our experience. Or even speak to our emotions, you know, other than ourselves, because we're alone in this journey in terms of uh, who we are and what we've gone through. Definitely. And let's that's get into good. the world of superhero. And I think that's the most important thing, because growing up um, as yourself to um, usually the superheroes that we saw on television were white people. Um, as a person that creates stories, why is it important to see us? And why is it uh, important after that affirmation of seeing us on um, on the screen or in the comic and that importance of telling a good story? Well, it's it's, it's a form of empower of empowerment because I, I like I, I tell my wife this all the time when we watch action movies or whatever. You know, growing up, and you you know, for me, which would be the eighties and nineties. Well, you look at the action films, you know, you see us, we're the first people to die. True. You know, like we love Carl Weathers, right? He was one of the one of the uh one of the, one of many uh first in terms of black action. And to see him as uh Action Jackson was amazing, right? But then you turn around, you see him on the Predator, not so much. You know, he was good for, you know, you know, he had his moments, but not so much. He's not Arnold, right? We don't right. <laughs> got the lead, right? So to see a black man take lead and be a hero and to be revered and to be successful, it's not something you see a lot of. So if you don't see a lot of it, it's likely to say there's not a lot of black men that are or black people that are, right? So that's why it's important uh, for us in our films and our, in our books and our comics, uh, animation, without all, the, all forms of media, uh, to have black people in the lead because it shows it makes it makes our world more shall I say uh, real it takes away the doubt in terms of following your dreams and pursuing the things you want to do in life because a lot of times uh, we go into you know our, our great pursuits with a little bit of doubt because because we, we don't see a lot of people like us who look like us doing the things that we want to do. So it's it's empowering in, in that way alone. Hopefully, hopefully I'm making sense here. Cause I no, 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 definitely, okay. definitely, definitely. But you know what hurt my soul was when they killed them in um 
when they had uh, Drago just killed him like that. And, and Rocky See, was it? I didn't even talk that, about it. Rocky. It? Yeah, yeah, man. That, that, what was it? Rocky Four? What's that? Rocky Four, right? Yes, Rocky Four. Yeah. So he and, went to uh, Russia. And, yes. and, yeah, and they just killed him like in the beginning of the of the film. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. This, he was the legend. He was Apollo he was, Creed, who was synonymous, or should I say, an, an amalgamation of uh, Muhammad Ali. Yes. You know what I mean? So to see him die on screen was like seeing Muhammad Ali lose. Seriously, man. And seriously. And that, that hurt my soul. And then also to talk about the importance of illustration, because, you know, we come from a history of bamboozle, um, the big, thick lips, the black face. Talk about the importance of the illustrating of black carrots and the significance of that. Okay. Well, in this industry, when it comes to black characters, one thing we want to avoid is, uh, how can I put it, living up to stereotypes or should I say um, what Hollywood was set as a standard. You know, it's, it's, it's so, so I say the onus is on us to present ourselves in a better light and to put out superheroes that are meaningful and just as good as the next. In our case with Omari, uh, with our film, we have a guy who can fly. We have a guy um that's a superhero that can save the day but at the same time in his real life as a senator as jordan mckenzie because that's his uh, alter ego name outside of a superhero named omari you have a guy who's a politician so even on the political spectrum of things he's able to save lives outside of wearing the capes not only can he you know uh not only is he a, a great hero should i say uh without donning the cape he's a great hero donning the cape as well so it's a so it's a double duty thing there in terms of uh, him being a superhero or being a hero, and it hasn't been done before. Definitely, I think one thing too I like that his um, alter ego is a politician because you know politicians get a bad rap, which is justified. Um, but talk about like the importance of creating the alter ego of him being a politician and doing like the the work to help people without the cape, right? Okay. Well, say say for instance, oh, you want me to speak to the the the, the difference, the dynamic, yeah, the, the dynamic, the two. Yes, I got you. Um, well, in this case, you're talking about a a, a politician who speaks for uh, black issues, right? So that alone is an ultimate task. So he's fighting that front, and then as a superhero, it's sort of like okay, you have aliens coming to attack you know, Washington, D.C. So you have so many lives and whatnot that he's responsible for. And being elected as a politician and a superhero, it, he just feels like everybody's his responsibility, you know? So the dynamic there, I would say, would be in one instance, he's fighting for particular people. And in the other instance, he's a superhero saving the whole planet. That's, that's awesome. And then um, also uh, talk about the the dynamics of, you know, cause I feel like the importance of people understanding how government works and civics with last story kind of enrich of how uh, enrich people, how government works. Cause I think that's the one thing is people don't know how government works. A lot of people don't even know the three branches of government. So will that kind of play a role in the story too of how government works? Uh, uh, slightly. But, you know, we don't want to make this a we don't we didn't want to make this a political film that's political heavy. Right. But him being a politician and 
been able to see his day to day to see things he lobbies for or or should I say uh, or yeah, see him take on issues that mean something to him. Right. So we're, we're sure that aspect or dynamic of being a senator. But as term, in terms of, you know, uh, three branches of government or breaking down government structure, we don't want to go that far. But we're touching some things that are, are indeed true to what a senator, uh, so a, to what a senator, senator would do. Part definitely, definitely. And then also going go to how did you link up with um, uh, Roosevelt Pitt Jr.? How did you guys connect? How did that work out? Oh my, my brother. Well, two well two things happened here that uh, that's something because outside of what I do as a filmmaker. And uh, and running my own company, I'm uh, very shall I say active online in terms of speaking on uh, black issues, in particular uh, foundational Black American issues. And Roosevelt is the same way. Uh, mm -hmm. We both so I say operate in the same circle. And uh, you know he had, he made a post where he uh, shall I say showed an illustration. And so I went on the post and I said, "Wow, it'd be great to put together." You know, an animated film one day, and the next thing you know, my inbox started filling up with uh, guys who do comics and illustrations, wow. saying, "Hey, we think about this. We think about this concept. We think, you know." So, <laughs> but I was like, "Well, it's Roosevelt's post, so we'll all go to Roosevelt first. And uh, of course, I, ha I had some other things in mind myself because, um, you know, watching the Mandalorian, uh, a fan of, uh, of of the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I wanted to do something on my own. So why not find somebody that's a creative, a creator in this in the space of comic books? Find a great character that that can represent all all the uh, I say the ideas that I believe in in terms of uh, helping Black people, and let's sort of converge that into a superhero. And he already had the IP in terms of his Amari verse and his comics. He already had the superheroes. Yeah, he, he has a whole a whole laundry list of superheroes to choose from. And so he he had he had everything I was looking for. And uh, you know, we broke bread, we did a lot of different meetings, and we came to an agreement and said, hey, what's we're gonna do this? And uh here we are today. <laughs> and it's awesome because you guys kind of is building this virtual Wall Street. Right. That's how I look at it. Because you you have your own black owned uh, Pitt Jr., he has his own. And then you have a third party. Can you kind of talk about that third party? Yes. So our third party, and 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 just, just so I can be uh, clear as I'm explaining, uh, like my party, or should I say my company, Runner Squad Industries, LLC, we're doing the post-production and uh, the overall executive production. Then you have um, um, Amera Comics, which is owned by Roosevelt Pitt Jr., who has his whole comic book IP and, and, and laundry list of superheroes. And then the third party, which you're referring to would be uh, Spoof Animation, which is a Nigerian uh, based and owned uh, animation uh, production company. And us three merging together uh, for this particular project, we're able to now do something that a lot of independents can't do. So now only do we have an animation production house that's going to render or produce our uh, animation, but we also have the story aspect with a black comic book creator. And then you have me who is sort of like, I don't know what to call myself in this particular situation, but the go-getter, the guy that's going to make it yeah. happen. 
So <laughs> 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 you merge those three together, like Voltron, we're ultimate force. And you definitely are, man. And I'm excited about that project. I'm excited. Um, Because the crazy thing about, like, when it comes to Nigeria, I've had uh, uh, people who do comics. And Mm -hmm. one thing I was, the constant theme is that they usually get uh, their, like, they usually get their um, uh, image of Nigeria from America. Right, right. You know, they and, and usually America get their perception of people from Africa from America, mm-hmm. and it, like I said, it's pretty awesome that you linked up with a with a Nigerian animation group, which is important because again, you get that true and honest story uh, 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 narrative when it right. comes to the African perspective. So can you kind of talk about that dynamic a little bit too? Sure. And, and uh, the guy that's the owner of uh, Spoof Animation, his name is Ayodele Elegba. And I hope I'm saying that right. I believe I'm saying that right because he, he nodded and gave me his <laughs> approval when I said it when we were at a meeting. So I'm going so I'm to go with that. I'm going to say I'm saying the brother's name right. And that's Ayodele Elegba. So that, therefore, I want to make sure he gets his, uh, his due uh, credit and, and uh, respect. Uh, but in terms of uh, how that dynamic goes, um, one thing I would say about his type of illustrations that he used for uh, animation, very similar to uh, to DC animation. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. So if you look at some of the, um, the Batman animated movies, like, for instance, um, uh, Batman and Son is one. Uh, Death in the Family is another. So, so even though those are two different types of illustrations in terms of animation, there, they are they're very similar, very uniform in a way in terms of how the appearance of Batman is, right? And with spoof animation, it's it's similar. He has uh, different works of arts that he has in terms of um, whether it's so I say still images or rather it's um, animation itself, the, um, the sketch work is, is on point and it's, and it's high quality. And yet it's in Nigeria and it's, now, and it's not seen in the same light as DC, but these brothers are over there in, in Nigeria are able uh, to capture, uh, to try to say the same, um, the same looks or, or should I say the same form of action in terms of what we see in animation. And it's amazing. And it is. Can kind of talk about the, the the that universe. Like, where does this universe take place? Is it like a metropolis? Because uh, I think when you when you get into storytelling, I think the main part is the the landscape because the landscape itself tells it tells a story too. Okay, and interesting enough, and I and you know we we met before we uh, did an interview, and I told you I was from Washington D.C. Well. The uh, the uh, should I say Amari, a hero defined in the, the movie, takes place in Washington D.C. Okay. Present day Mar- Washington D.C. So uh, that's what it is. So it's a city landscape in terms of what we're going to see. Uh, however, there's other things we're going to see in the film. Uh, like I said, but Amari being a superhero that's out of, that comes from space, so we're actually going to see that. We're actually going to see uh, aliens come from space. Galactic battle, we we'll see that as well. Um, yeah, 
I don't want to give too much away. No, I, 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 right no, no, not at all. Not at all. Question, I'm, ho- I'm, I'm a hopeful. <laughs> no, no, definitely. I'm, I'm definitely excited, and I love that it's taking place in D.C. Uh, but without getting like, like giving all away, I don't want you to right. do that. But can you give a little bit? Will they have some kind of historical significance into the story too? A little bit without you can nod your head, yes. And I'm cool with that without giving too much away. The simple answer is uh, yes. So, mm-hmm. I it, well, Roosevelt, Pitt, and I, we didn't want to tell a story in which, you know, the characters didn't have some uh, significance to who we are as a people. So, to answer that question without giving any spoilers, yes, most definitely. And um, can you kind of talk? Without giving too much, can you kind of talk about the origin of the character a little bit? Like, 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 um, the, um, like, like, you know how we are, we know how the origins of Superman. Right. Uh, can you kind of talk about the origins of Omari? Okay. Without giving too much away, once again. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, I think what I'm going to say will quite, will probably, uh, excite a lot of people. Well, Amari, of course, is an alien from outer space who lands uh, on Earth. This part is the, is the great part about it. He lands on Earth during the time of chattel slavery. In fact, it's the, mm. uh, the Nat Turner revolt. Wow. And so I think I gave enough origin right there. I feel like yeah, you did. Just leave it right there. Don't, don't give too much away. No, no, no. <laughs> like, so they're they going to have to watch the film. Exactly. <laughs> So a quick summary. So an alien that comes from space and lands lands to Earth during the time of chattel slavery, during the time of the Nat Turner revolt. That's his origin in terms of, of where he would be doing the film. Oh, wow. I'm excited about What's that because I'm, I'm, I'm a big nerd when it comes to history, <laughs> and especially our history. And I love I love um, stories or books or even film that have a direct link. The history, you know what I mean? Like uh like the Watchmen series, like the first episode when they, you know, pay homage to Black Wall Street. Like unfortunately, I knew like I knew about Black Wall Street a long time ago. Of and I kinda I was disappointed that that's the first time people heard about that. Unfortunately. And but see, that just goes to show when I mean, you don't have control of your narrative. And that and when I say narrative, I'm I'm speaking narrative in a way that spans across all forms of media. And I just talking film, I'm talking radio, I'm talking uh, television. So when we can't control our own narrative, of course there's a lot of historic uh, things of significance that we might not hear about, especially if the history books doesn't, should I say, pay homage to it. So a lot of things as black people in America, we're, we're sort of on our own to find out about our own culture. Because if we, because if if main if mainstream America tells it, there's gonna be a lot left out. And it happens all the time, especially like um, when um, when the history book they tell the story about Rosa Parks. You know, right. they tell a story that she was an old woman. No, she was in her forties. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? It, what do you mean? She old? Forty is not old. Yeah. You know, and you know, her her and her husband they were all about the second amendment. You know, they had guns in their house because right, the they lived in the South. And right. so they had to protect their, they have to protect themselves. So if you told that story, then Rosa Parks will look totally different than what we were told uh, when we were in school. 
Yeah, and see, once again, we're not owning the narrative. Like when, yeah. the, you know, when uh, the Harriet movie came out, you know, it was so watered down and, and fictionalized to we don't have an accurate story. Yeah. So children watching this film are get are not getting an accurate depiction of who Harriet Tubman is. You know, you have the, um, what do you call the guy's name? Um, the Black Panther brother. It's going to come to me in a second. Can't think of his name. Uh, it's okay. Um, I, I'll come back to that. It's a, it's a uh, Fred Hampton. I'm sorry. Fred Hampton. Yes, Fred Hampton. That's, that's yeah. my point. I better know that off the yeah, top. Yeah, you better, man. We're about to find it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, with the Fred Hampton movie, once again, the depiction of Fred Hampton, we have a, a brother who's playing Fred Hampton, but yet he's not of, should I say, uh, foundational Black American descent. Right. You know, so the, the identity aspect of it sort of does sort of takes a, a, a turn to the left versus, you know, a straight path of who uh, the man is. So now you have that doubt going into it. You don't have a, shall I say, foundational black American actor playing as Fred Hampton. You have someone right. else does. So in terms of trying to and, and invoke the true essence of who Fred Hampton is and being able to put yourself in, your sh in his shoes, you right. can't really because you're not from here per se in terms of, or lived or lived under that type of umbrella that we live in in America as black people. And I'm not to, not to draw a, a, a divisive line between black people that are not born here in America. But however, when we're telling a story that's related to black history in America, you gotta have the type of people doing those type of roles. Cause I'm quite sure if I played, I'm quite sure when, um, uh, what's his name? Um, wow, can't think of the guy's name, but when he plays uh, King of Scotland, when he played Eddie, I mean, yeah, same yeah. thing here. I'm quite sure there was some pushback a little there because he's not from Africa, though he's of African right. descent, right? So right. it's the same, it's the same scenario. I, I hear you, but also, I'm a type of person, I'll give someone a benefit of the doubt. Because okay. sometimes you have extraordinary actors that will play a hell of out of out of a role. Like for example, um, when uh, yeah, Denzel Washington played um, was it Cry Freedom, and he played Stephen Biko. Right. He killed it. He did Even good. Though, <laughs> he, he killed it. So I, I'm a type of person that I'm willing to give that person a benefit of the doubt. I definitely understand where you're coming from, that, and I, I, I agree. When it comes to a certain situation, but I'm a type of person. I'll wait till that per. I'll wait till the film come out because you never know. He might embody Fred Hampton um, when you watch the movie. And so I, I, I'm a type of person. I'll wait to see. But yeah, I definitely, I definitely, I definitely, I definitely feel you on that one. And I think that's important too because it goes back to when kid when kids watch um, animation. You know, it's important to highlight that affirmation that, you know what, you can be a senator and you can be a superhero. You know, a senator right. is a superhero. So that's right. important. And I love that dynamic of this animation, even though it's still in production, but I like that idea. I like that concept. Appreciate it. And, you know, it's important because what we're doing, we're not doing necessarily an adult animated film. You know, we're looking at the more PG side of it. Um, so the parents and the children can both enjoy it. So, you know, it's so important to, to put that in there. You got, we have, as black people, 
uh, we have to put the uh, the medicine in the food. Yep. You know what I mean? And and this is the way of doing it. And I think one thing too is important too. It's like I'm excited about the animation, but I'm just I'm a big fan of when parents, you know, they watch it with the kid, but they watch it and they'll stop it and they'll have a conversation about it instead of just watching a film. Or let's say they have them watch the film and, and then ask some questions about it. Like, what did you think about this? What did you think about that? Right. Just, you know, just to just, just in, enrich into it. So can you kind of talk about that too? Cause I know, you know, you're a father and I know you watch films with your kids and I know you probably, you have those sessions with your kids. Can you talk about that important di dynamic of watching, but explaining it at the same time? Well, I don't have, I don't have kids okay. yet. <laughs> I, I'm new. I, I, I just got married. Uh, should I say two weeks ago? Oh, congratulations! We're, we're working, thank you. We're working on that. <laughs> but you have you have you have nephews and yeah, you know that do watch films. Right. And I know you probably you'll have a moment where you'll sit down, you'll watch a film with them, and you'll you'll discuss it with them, right? Right. Definitely. Most definitely. And uh, yeah. So both. So young men and uh, young men that I have worked with in the past. Um, in fact, I just finished having a cohort where I was teaching coding, uh, Python to be exact, and uh, it was called Warriors on Code. That was a, a class, uh, should I say, a class that I would do every weekend over the summer, and I would just teach kids the basic concepts of coding. And uh, a lot of the young men that sort of gravitated uh, towards what I was doing. So, you know, I would like to have a screening just for them, for young black boys, and, uh, and should I say, Bring them to some form of of, uh, of screening, and if I have to, uh, should I say, create a platform for that myself to to, to should I say to stream this? Because since we have the COVID thing, I don't know how things are going to be with movie theaters. So if I have to just have a streaming platform to do this on, I would love to, um, uh, should I say, show the film to young black boys, have a Q and A session to see, uh, you know, what's their immediate reaction to it. And, uh, and have some fun with them and also having to have it be in a, a learning environment as well. So I would like to do that actually uh, for, for young black children, not just young black boys, but children as well. I'll start with young black boys, but uh, for black children, most definitely. And then as soon as the everything is done, what is the ultimate goal when it comes to um, getting it out to the masses? Is it are you looking to partner up with Disney, Netflix, what's, or keep it in-house, create, create your own platform? What does it look for you guys in the future? Well, as far as right now and, and in the future, I'll tax you on both. As far as right now, we want to keep it as independent as possible in terms of the, the overall production and which we, which we uh, foresee we're going to be able to do. Um, in terms of the distribution, when you mentioned um, – uh, streaming services and everything. Uh, well, we're going to weigh our options. We're going to see um, who, should I say, is willing uh, to stream Omari or Hero Define. We're, we're looking, we're, look, we're going to be looking, uh, you know, looking towards that and looking into it. Uh, but at the same token, when we do this, we don't want to lose any part of our film. You know, we don't want to have uh, tight restrictions on uh, what our film is and what it's about, should I say. And uh, as long as those parameters are met in terms of the messaging of it and what it is and not trying to change the essence of it, I'm willing, to, we'll, we'll be willing to put it on Netflix. We would love to have it on Disney Plus, of course. It's a major platforms. But um, if, if that can't be worked out and we'll get to that, uh, we'll cross that, uh, 
we'll cross that path when it comes our way. Uh, yeah, we'll love to, we'll love to do it if 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 it can be, should I say, shown in its true essence? Oh, of course. Definitely, and I'm excited about that. But the only thing I'm kind of hesitant to about that is I know we talked about it earlier, is that when you sign a contract of um, showing your platform on Netflix and Disney Plus, that becomes their their product. And so, how do you kind of weigh on losing your baby that you put your blood and sweat and tears and give it to this machine, and they they own it and now you don't own it. So how do you kind of kind of decipher whether it is it really worth it to do it or vice versa? Well, the people will decide that ultimately because putting it out independently, you know, is it's a should I say direct to consumer process. So the people's support will determine what it can be ultimately. So if the people can get when I say the people, black people, when they if we can all get behind our project and should I say uh, have it grow legs, then it doesn't really um, hurt the property of the Amari uh, uh, Hero Defined film if we were to broker a deal with Netflix, because already it as its own product is able to produce numbers that Netflix, Disney Plus, or anybody or Amazon should I say would want. So we don't lose anything if the people stand behind it, but we will stand to lose a lot of it if we don't get the support we need. And ho hopefully I'm making sense there. Yeah, definitely. But do you see down the road, you guys creating like a Kickstarter? Yes. To, for funding wise? Because yes. I know, you know, it's expensive to be independent because it it's, it's coming out of your pockets. And so is there a plan? Is there a plan in the works now? Or is it what's what's the what's the game plan? Well, in terms of that, and that's all pre-production items. Um, yes, we will have an Indiegogo, and I'll uh, be looking to uh, have that uh, fully fleshed out and, and ready for everyone uh, in terms of support. Sometime in February, we're looking at at this point. And um, yeah, that's going to be the ultimate uh, test in terms of where we can go production-wise, right? Uh, however, uh, leading up to the crowdfunding, we also want to have silent contributors who will be, uh, or should I say, making a contribution towards the film. And that automatically will help us streamline production in its infancy. But uh, the overall, should I say, fleshing out of the process will come from uh, crowdfunding. Awesome. And then also uh, with, uh, with Mr. Roosevelt um, Pitt Jr., you know, he has his company, Amaria. Mm -hmm. um, will the the main hero this animation is it is there a bigger picture is there like a marvel like universe that's going to be coming without you don't have to tell me the, oh, no, the, the, the secret behind it but do is that coming down the road too well it's you know it's a complex very complex question to answer because the amari film is contingent upon support so if the people can stand behind our product here and uh, and help us reach that finish line, which would be ultimately uh, getting in the hands of masses, then yes, we would love to do uh, an Amari verse, which would be based on this comic book, uh, Rosemary Pitts Jr.'s uh, comic book. We would love to do that. And in that case, he would be Stan Lee 
and I guess I would be Kevin Feige, I guess, and that and yes. and that right where you know he's he uh, he opens up his IP, and I visually uh, should I say produce this along with Spoof Animations, and we have a streamline of projects coming uh, through and through. Yes, sir. So, this, so yes, world, that would be great. And in this world that I call the multi-universe, we definitely we definitely need that. We need a yin to a yang. We need that. We definitely do. And okay. I'm excited about it. Um, last question. Um, what do you want to say to people why they should support this project? Well, what I would say is I want people, and especially Black people, but of course it's open for all people to see, but uh, specifically Black people, I want I want them to support our Amari, a hero-defined uh, uh, animated film, because it's a true reflection and representation of them. Like, I mean, how long how long will we have to wait before uh, Black superhero uh, Black superhero characters have are able to have the just say animated films that speaks to their platform? Are we expecting Marvel to do this? Are we expecting DC to do this? They may, they could, because you know we have a black Batman now. We also have a black Superman, right? We also had a black Panther when we go to Marvel, and uh, also Falcon, in which they about to do the Falcon and Winter Soldier series. Although all that is fine, but true black ingenuity, where we have our own platform, our own uh, comic book universe, our own films to go behind them. Uh, when will it be our turn to do that? And I'm not talking about a situation where we have a black, uh, where we're in Black Panther, you have a black director, black cast, but yet the people who are pulling the strings and making decisions are not black. So if we can sort of support, if, if I can, if, yeah, if we can get that support from black people and produce this project, we'll set a standard in this industry and we'll have something that we could claim to be our own. And I definitely agree with that. And I'm going to end off with this, yes, is that the reason why, you know, we have Black Wall Street is that people came together and right. created Black wealth. Why can't we do that in the digital age? Why can't we come together and create our virtual Black Wall Street where you can get animation, when you can get financial literacy? You know, we can do that. We have the resources. It's just... We have to come together and you're doing your part. I'm doing my part. It's just, again, we all have to come together. If we can come together, this can happen. It's possible. It's been done before. You know, it's been done in Tulsa. It's, done, it's been done in Okoye, Florida. It's, it, we have the blueprint. We just have to do it and be willing to help each other. And so... Okay. King, I thank you for uh, taking the time to talk to me. This was a great conversation. Um, yes, sir. Tell people where they can find you. Tell people where they can find this project. Definitely. And uh, you can find us on Instagram, and that will be at a hero defined right on Instagram. Uh, we're getting ready to put up the, the uh, Facebook platform, but that's okay. You can find me at uh, Marvelous Melvin Graham on Facebook. And you also can find me on Instagram at Mel the Thinker at uh, Instagram. And I say that again, Mel the Thinker on Instagram. And on Instagram, once again, for the film, a hero, a, a hero defined, and you'll see it. 
And well, we're just getting the uh, should I say we just should I say uh, promoting it and uh, and putting out content. We have uh, uh, comic illustrations of Amari. There also a there's also a, um, a video interview that Roosevelt Pig Jr. has done where he talks a little bit about uh, the Amari film and the character. And he also gets into his uh, uh, uh verse which would be his uh, comic book universe. So all these things you can find on my platform, uh, Marvelous Melvin Graham on uh, Facebook, or, or, or should I say Hero Defined on Instagram. You can find it uh, on both platforms. Or look up Roosevelt Pig Jr. on Facebook, and you can hear, uh, you can, should I say, uh, be in contact with the creator of the film. And I love that, too, because you got that intimate interaction. I think that's important, because I know a lot of people in that industry, they're in this place this mountain that they don't want to talk to people and i right. love that this is organic and like i hit you up on messenger say hey i want to interview you're like sure right. and we made it happen <laughs> um and so i'm going to end it off like this diversity is about uh inviting a person to a party right. inclusion is about asking someone to dance right and all you're asking is your people to come out and dance and support this product project. What I'm, which I'm going to do, which I'm doing right now. But I am, man. I'm going to tell the world about it. I'm going to tell everybody about it because we need this. We need this like air. We definitely need this. So, brother, thank you for coming on. Whenever that Kickstarter begins, let me know. I'll have you back on. And whatever you need, I'll do my best to help to help help out to get that message out, brother. Thank you. Thank you, brother. I greatly appreciate you and your platform. I definitely, you definitely uh, earned a, uh, a viewer in me because I will be uh, watching your platform as well. And uh, hopefully next time, maybe we could bring Roosevelt with me and uh, we can sort of do, so, you know, you can ask us questions and we can go in even deeper because uh, I'm quite sure by then we'll have uh, an Indiegogo up where people can support. So, yeah, thank you so much for opening your platform uh, to me and having uh, me come on and talk about my project. I, I can't thank you enough for that, brother. Appreciate Any, it. Anytime. And we're out. Peace. Yes, sir. Peace. So for you. Yeah. Yo. There whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here but that I'm behind you But always got you, end of discussion, nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a partake, cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded Prepare you for all of the above that I'm never letting get near you. But still, I know, give you every advantage I found. Couldn't find a better fit for them along with my crown. And since the baton was passed, I've been down. Cause failing's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all. My message to any dad, man, first off, know that yeah, it, it is a hard job, but it's the greatest job in the world. I wouldn't trade it for anything, I wouldn't change anything about it. Everything you're doing from here on out. If it didn't have purpose before, now it has purpose. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. Just be a dad.